Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not doing too bad. Good, good. Yeah, I've just mainly been playing EDH. Yeah. Yeah. Every time your reaction to me telling me I've played EDH is just like, yeah, like you don't care at all. I, that is true. That's <laughs> entirely true. I'm not even going to pretend otherwise. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's just not my bag. Yeah, I've, well, I've been having fun. Playing lots of new Eldraine cards. It's been oh, good. Cool. Yeah. It sounds like Rankle is really good in a Meron deck. Yeah, I like that card. Yeah, it's really, really good. Because it has haste. And you can just do things immediately, yeah. And like in a in a sort of like, um, kind of aristocrats reanimator style deck, being able to discard a card and sacrifice a creature like immediately is really really good. Yeah, I remember like the first time. I guess to be honest, the first couple of times that I cast a rankle, I didn't realize you could do more than one of those things. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that. So I opened one in, in the pre-release, uh, and it was like, I think it was round three by the time I realized. Oh, you can do more than one of those things whenever it does damage to a player. Yeah, choose any number. Yeah. That card is great. Yeah. I mean, the, the templating of that ability really like pisses me off. <laughs> choose any number. Not like, choose any number of the following abilities. Just choose any number. Choose any number? Alright, 72. Oh, come on, that's three away. <laughs> it's almost nice. <laughs> you didn't even try. Um, but yeah, I also played Modern F&M. Yeah, how's modern? Oh god, uh, modern's fine. Um, I just my FNM was also not great. Yeah, yeah, I went two two with infect. I mean, that's fine for infect, right? Uh, yeah, not <laughs> generally. Yeah, but not the way it happened because like sure. my last two rounds were against people that aren't like uh, that. My like my third round opponent was like relatively new to magic. Yeah, and was playing like a deck where they just opened some product and put a deck together. Uh oh. And it was mainly standard or recently standard legal stuff. Yeah, it was just like so. It's not like the modern event deck or something. Just like nope, a planeswalker deck. Yeah, it was like a few planeswalker decks. Like they had the uh, uh, Obnixilis reignited. And like, Oof, okay. yeah, a planeswalker deck Razaric, a planeswalker deck Chandra, a planeswalker deck Nickel Bolas. Yeah. And then like a bunch of like commons and uncommons that opened from standard packs. So that, that wasn't great. But I mean, they, like, they, they, they were new and oh, it, felt, it felt kind of bad because I sat down with my like fully Japanese language modern infect deck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one, this is going to feel horrible because the first time you're introduced to infect is absolutely no fun and you can't read any of my cards (laughs) you're just gonna think i'm a liar (laughs) that's the thing i just this is always the problem with with like playing like foreign language cards because i like i play them in like everywhere i can yeah just the possibility to just lie to people and be like yeah this does this come on yeah i regret to think i I, like i don't want to think about how many games i've lost because people don't know what my cards do (laughs) Um, but i mean like if anyone asks like i I say it's like the game like oh my my cards aren't in english if, if you want like any um any specific card text where we can like google them or whatever and like well, i'll show you the actual card text that's fine so like i'm not, I'm not trying to scum anyone i never would that's yeah. not what it's not why i have them um but yeah like after after the game uh, like i won quite easily um 
and they, they you know have the sort of typical god i hate infect reaction which is fine but yeah they asked about some like for some tips on their deck and like i suggested some cards for it um so oh, you can use these and they seemed pretty appreciative of that so that was nice like having a nice interaction even if the game wasn't the games weren't great yeah absolutely. Like, sat and chatted for like 10 15 minutes about, about their deck that was nice yeah and then, and then my fourth round opponent like um just a, like has a burn deck like yeah. a, like a sort of like tier one modern burn deck but doesn't play that much and um, was sort of like out of wasn't really sure how to play against infect i don't think because like burn okay. should, burn should be like a horrible matchup for me right yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, you just play play anything and then just bolt it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this is this is why I stopped playing modern, specifically R F and M, because everyone was just playing burn. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> well, this, this is just awful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I like went to O because I don't think they kind of got what was going on. But I, like, we, I, it was a nice time and we had good interactions and stuff. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, so that was my two two. So like, two of my wins didn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to sound like like I'm you know talking down about anyone because you know. New magic players and all like people that aren't okay with the format, like whatever. I don't want to say it's a bad thing or anything, but yeah, they were kind of like they, they, they didn't feel like I don't the wins, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, whereas round one played against friend of the podcast Tom Hughes. Nice. He's playing Amulet Titan. He's just he's just very good at magic. Yeah, I I take the opportunity to tell him at like at any point. It's just he's just very good at magic. like watching him play Amulet Titan is, which is like a very complex like intricate deck to play. Yeah, definitely. Um. Was just really good. We had some really good games. Like he beat me, but I we like very good games. Like he took the correct lines, I think, most of the time, and like was, he's, just, he's just a very good player. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And round two, I just got crushed by spirits because <laughs> that's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just absolutely no fun. But yeah, that's how my week's been. How about you? Sweet. Yeah, mine's been alright. Um, did another legacy social at the weekend. So that's a, another thing that we've started doing recently. Um, for some reason, none of the stores in the northeast seem to really care about or kind of want to support legacy in any way but there's a bunch of us who have legacy decks and love the format that just don't get a chance to play so we just figured that second saturday of every month we're going to do a meetup in a pub it's not going to be a tournament it's just going to be a nice casual casual setting you can come, come along bring your deck you can proxy your deck you just you know have 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 some nice fun enjoying the format of legacy uh, and yeah it was great really really enjoyed it um Played against a variety of different decks, and yeah, just had a blast. Absolutely love it. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's really nice. It's like, it's just total, like, I guess, kitchen table magic, really. Um, But, like, in a pub with, like, decks that are worth, like, a couple of thousand dollars each. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's very, very, very strange. But, uh, yeah, it was was cool. Um, I half proxied up a blue black shadow deck for uh for someone who came along to play because they they didn't have a legacy deck and i think that's always cool like people who want to get into a format and don't own any of the cards like if you're just playing and like you know down the pub or like in your house or whatever just sharpie on the back of some some draft chaff and there you go you got the deck yeah absolutely that's what i tell people to do if they want to play some legacy yeah just fine just like find a list you want to play, just proxy it up as long as the proxies are legible. Then, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just about playing the game. You don't have to actually own the cards if you just want to play some magic. Yeah, so I ended up scrabbling around on on Saturday morning trying to put together the deck because it's in like various different deck boxes when I've been contemplating like selling bits over the past few months. Uh, so I had to like grab like whatever I could find uh, while I was in in a rush to not be late 
uh, <laughs> not be late to the pub and was just like oh whatever i'm just gonna proxy most of the deck so like 70 percent of the deck was just like ravnica allegiance commons with like thoughtsies and like brainstorm written on the back like i proxied some brainstorms like that's, <laughs> that's how that's, bad it was that's sad <laughs> but you know they got to play some legacy um nobody there particularly cared that it was sharpie on on commons and you know i don't know it was just fun it's definitely not something that i'm kind of used to doing but i definitely enjoyed it and yeah i look forward to to more legacy socials yeah, it's it's mostly what our legacy players like. We just sort of like when people are free, we just meet up and just jam some legacy. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just good fun. You like talk through lines and. I mean, yeah, I feel like if people were getting weird about people playing proxies in a pub, <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of a a weird stance to take. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. But yeah, other than that, I've been playing arena quite a bit as well. Um, so standard is uh. It's a bit of a mess. I think we're probably gonna gonna talk about that a bit more in depth a little bit later on. Oh yeah, we'll get to uh, that. So I uh, I've been playing um, Esper Stacks still. Well, at least I, I was playing Esper Stacks, but it's just it's not a deck anymore. It's unplayable. It's gone from being like week one, like a fantastic deck, to week two being like uh, it's not that great. Most people know how to play against it now. To week three, just like it, it's just not a deck. It's not a good deck in any shape or form. So I did switch to Esper Hero because I saw a list that 5 0 uh, competitive league on Magic Online. That looked really cool and had a bit more success playing that. But again, like just Esper just feels unplayable at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're gonna we're gonna touch on that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. Absolutely. There's certainly something to discuss there. I think in terms of standard. Yeah, I think I think that's just how standard seems to be working right just things are so so quick and the metagame evolves so so rapidly that it's just like being able to find a playable deck that you also enjoy is just nearly impossible and then especially if you're like not trying to pump loads of money into arena or buy paper cards just like keeping up is just so difficult yeah agreed so i'm not really enjoying standard at the moment uh i have played some draft though so finally did a throne of eldraine draft on arena so uh for, well, I've got like, I've got loads of gold. Let's do a draft. They finally put the um the gold drafts on Arena now. So I figured let's give it a try. It'll be cool. Uh, and I drafted a, just like what I thought was a really sweet blue black mill deck. And I ended up going six three. I was like, okay, that's sweet. That's cool. So the the deck that I did for the first, that first draft had um. Uh, one Spectre Shriek, three So Tiny, one Opt, one Lockvane Gargoyle, six Merfolk Secret Keepers, <laughs> three Queen of Ice, one Tempting Witch, one Midnight Clock, one Charm Sleep, Bacon with Pie, Covetous Urge, Cauldron's Gift, Festive Funeral, Moonlight Scavengers, and Reaper of the Night. So that deck was really sweet. I, I played like just one of the best, like one of the best turns I've ever, well, I guess one of the best games I've ever played in the midded, I think. Was um, so I, I'd almost milled my, milled my opponent out, but their their board was getting was getting quite large. I was putting so tinies on stuff and tapping things down with charm sleep. Uh, I had a bunch of Merfolk secret keepers on board, and I had a midnight clock in play. And then they played the um, Clackbridge troll, uh, and then I spent the next couple of turns sacrificing the Merfolk secret keepers to the Clackbridge troll one at a time. And then the clock went off at midnight. 
And out of the seven cards I drew, I drew six of the Merfolk Secret Creepers from my graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to mill them out. It was sick. It was nice. so good. Yeah, I think the mill deck is real and I love it. So yeah, I went 6-3 in that first one. Uh, and then right away jumped straight back into, into another draft. Uh, and drafted another blue-black mill deck. And got 7-2 with that one. Yeah, I've seen quite a lot online about like the arena the arena bots just massively undervaluing the, the mill cards. Yeah, absolutely. And you just being able to like accidentally fall into that deck really easily, which is kind of that kind of feels bad. But I mean, it yeah, like I think I think it's just they just really underrate like the blue cards. Um, like Merfolk Secret Keeper is is fantastic in this in this format. Um, as both like in win condition in the mill deck, uh, it's it's just like it's a solid blocker. Like one mana for a zero four against like the early game is is great. And also like when there's when there's like another deck like the blue red. Uh, draw a card deck is, is is a deck like the Merfolk Secret Keeper is, is extra good against them because they're milling themselves out well they're helping you mill them essentially because mm-hmm. they want to be drawing lots of cards uh, and it's so tiny as well like I feel like I get, I get so many copies of so tiny across those two drafts I think I had like six copies of it across two drafts which is like ridiculous because that, that spell is like it's it's one of the best removal spells in the, in the limited format I think yeah I agree it's like one mana to deal with anything in the early game that then scales in the late game. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just kind of feels bad that the arena bots just aren't up to scratch with this particular format. Yeah, like I've had problems in the in the past, right? Like with the gates deck and whatever. But yeah, absolutely. This, this one feels particularly pronounced. It just feels like every time I see someone post a deck on Twitter, it's just that deck. Yeah, it kind of feels bad, but I mean, the deck is deck. the deck is very good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like a sweet deck. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's just the same. You always do. It. You always. If it always feels like you're kind of like pushed to do it because you keep going past the cards. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do think it would have been a completely different experience if it had been paper drafts. But you know, until we get players on arena, who knows when the next when I'll when I'll do another paper draft again. <laughs> you don't. You don't play with real cards. Yeah. <laughs> just just the word brainstorm written on the back of a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back of a I don't know, like a guild case. <laughs> you're either playing with cards made from pixels or you're playing with Sharpie on the back of commons. Yeah. <laughs> or like cards from the yeah, from like nineteen ninety three. Like there's just no in between. <laughs> Those are the realest cards you can play with, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only two options you've ever got. <laughs> what is my life? <laughs> uh let's not open that kind of worms. <laughs> yeah. We'll be here a while. Yeah, we only have an hour. I mean we oh I think we're gonna have more than an hour today. Sure. Yeah, we've got a lot to a lot to talk about today. We do, so should we get to that? Yeah, so let's let's talk about standard in general, I think. So there was an announcement. There was, yeah. For an announcement in uh, classic Watsy style. So the the next ban and restricted announcement, which was scheduled for the I want to say eighth of November. I should know this. Uh, yes, it was the. No, the eleventh uh, of November. Yeah, that's the Monday. Or eighteenth of November. One of those. Yeah, eighteenth sounds yeah. more right. Eighteenth yeah. of November, I think it was. Sure. So there's uh, meant to be a ban restricted announcement scheduled for them, and there was an announcement the other day. Time is relative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was an announcement the other day saying they were bringing that forward to the 21st of October, 
Yep, that's fairly soon. Yep, after not banning anything in the previous ban unrestricted announcement, which was fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, so something's getting banned. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you would assume so. I mean, you'd hope so. They wouldn't just randomly move it without having anything to say. Mm. Um, so we're assuming that they're quite hastily moving this up and wanting to ban something because the uh, Mythic Championship deck lists, which is this weekend, uh, were submitted. And then I think the same day, the day after, they made this, this announcement. <laughs> it was yeah, it was the same day as the deadline for submitting the uh, Mythic Championship deck list. Yeah. So someone at Watsi's seen just a crap ton of Golos decks and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, we yeah, need to do something. Probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're assuming that's the problem, right? Because I think someone, based on what people have posted on Twitter, like the, what the pros were posting on Twitter about them having submitted deck lists, you could like work out even through that small sample size just how many. Golos decks had been submitted already. Yeah. And then if you obviously if you extrapolate that to the whole tournament then <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, currently you look at like the metagame breakdown on MTG Goldfish, uh, they have Bantlands as twenty four percent of the meta, which is obviously a different deck from uh, five colour Golos, which is four percent of the meta, which again is a different deck to uh, like Bant Ramp and also Jeskai Super uh Jeskai Fire's Super Friends that can play Golos as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Golas is an issue. Field of the Dead is an issue, and they're just everywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, I think everyone's assuming that Field of the Dead's just gonna get banned. Yeah, quite probably. I think that would be the most sensible option. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about um, in just a minute. We can talk about like other potential options for bans. Uh, yeah. But I think Field of the Dead specifically is just like oh, it's such a problem because it's just you, you get you just get a ridiculous board advantage just for playing the game. Yeah, absolutely. It, like you have no. I know we did sort of touch on it briefly last week, but I mean now that even more time's gone on and more people have weighed in on it, it, it's just it's so clear. Like the card doesn't have an easy or clean way to interact with it. Like there's no uh, field of ruin that's gone. There's no ghost quarter. There's no like blood moon type effects. Uh, and yeah, it completely warps the game for the player that's playing the the field of the dead because it turns like you know your late game dead draws when you top deck a land actually turns them into like you know one two three four zombies sometimes yeah that's the real problem it's just it, yeah. like and obviously you have Golos, which is a tutor for the card yeah so you have effectively have eight copies in the deck that you can go find um and yeah just the, the lack of an answer like there's there's no field of ruin which felt like it should it feels like it should just be like an evergreen card they just reprint in like corsets yeah, I think I think that's what I said last week. I think either like like Field of Ruin or like um, like Ghost Quarter or Tech Edge or something like there should be a land that destroys another land like in the format at all points. Like just just print it in a core set, print that in a core set, and then print Pithing Needle or Sorcerer's Spyglass or like something like that in a core Frexian Revoker like in a core set at some point as well. Mm. So you've got a way to deal with you know, planeswalkers and problematic activated abilities, and then you've got a way to deal with problematic lands as well. There's like no way. Ah, uh, ah, uh, I don't know. Like it just it's, it would still kind of feel bad if we had like a ghost quarter variant or like a field of ruin, because then you just have to play them in every deck, and the field of the dead would still be like an obnoxious deck that would still be very very good. It's just it would have an answer because even if it had an answer, like it means you have to draw as many. Ghost Quarter, Wasteland style lands as your opponent does Field of the Dead. Yeah. And then you have the rest of their deck to deal with. 
So it still kind of be bad. I think that the card just needs to go. I don't think it, I don't think it was designed as a standard card. Honestly, I think it was designed like as a cool commander card. I see. I don't know. I, I think so. I think it was designed as a standard card, but I think it was designed with with the the idea of like, oh, you have guild gates, so there's going to be a gates deck. This is a cool payoff to the gates deck, and oh, hey, look, it all comes together for the the last you know, two months of, of, of the standard format where you can play Scape Shift and you can play this. So I think it was like their cool, you know, that Scape Shift payoff that they were worried might be a little bit too powerful or sort of, you know, more powerful than, than they kind of generally want to be. But they give it the last, you know, two months of a format where things don't really matter, which is which is definitely what happened. But I, yeah, I don't think they were expecting it to carry over at all. That yeah, that's that's what I think. I think it was designed being like this is a cool card. Obviously, it's a very good commander card. Like it should probably just be in most commander decks. Yeah, because it's like it's got a very low cost and it's just a very powerful effect. Um, but I think yeah, like you said, like the design is like a Valakut style card to go with the Scape Shift, so it's like a cool, yeah. a cool deck play. Like you said, for a couple of months. But yeah, the fact that it's carried on past uh, past Scape Shift rotating out. And like it's just like a stupid card that you can you should just play now. Is yeah. I, I don't think something that they foresaw. I don't think. I, well, I get that impression anyway because it, it's just so powerful and just the best thing to be doing in standard currently. That it it doesn't seem like a kind of thing they'd want to happen, especially if you just like this thing. Like the, the fact that they printed it and it's it's become so powerful even without scape shift, and there isn't some kind of field of ruin effect. It feels like they didn't plan for it. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I. Uh, at the same time, I do think that like Golos is a problem as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. I think similar thing to thing with Golos, like they designed that, and they were like, "Oh, it's a five mana three five. Like, oh, nobody's going to play that. That's you know, it has it has an activated ability. That's two in a Wooberg. Like that, that's a commander card. Yeah, it really is. But I think I think it's just. Like the ramp is particularly good in standard at the moment with um, stuff like Arboreal Grazer and like the Goose. You can just consistently get like Golos out on turn three. And Beanstalk Giant. Yeah, Beanstalk Giant as well. Um, yeah, you get Golos out on turn three and then turn four, turn five, you activate Golos's ability because it, it's very easy for the decks that are, are playing both Field of the Dead and Golos to do that. And then, yeah, you just get to, you get to play like seven mana threats on as early as turn five. You get multiple seven mana threats on an early, early as turn five, which is a bit ridiculous, I think. Yeah, this thing. I mean, I mean, I have a Golos Commander deck. <laughs> so, like, that's that's very much where it shines and where it seems like it was meant to be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you design a card with a Wooberg activation card and expect it to be standard playable, or at least, yeah, like, a, agreed, definitely. a standard powerhouse. I think... It's a powerful card, and like obviously it gets you to cast free spells, and like like you said, like the ramp is very very good, and like getting to five, and then to seven, five of which have to be different colors, is a lot easier than it has historically been in standard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just not an issue at all because the decks that like it's not a restriction in the deck because the deck wants to play loads of different lands anyway because of field of the dead. So you play you play a, a one of a of a you know of a stomping ground, you play a one of a, a mountain, you play. You know, you play one of like the guild gates, but then you're playing um, uh, like Plaza of Harmony as well. So you, you get mana for any type that a gate you could control could produce. Um, so you've got Fabled Passage as well, which both fixes you and activates your, your Field of the Dead twice. 
yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't think that they were. I, mean, I don't think they were aware of like just how unrestrictive the mana actually is in standard. Yeah, it really is. I don't know. Like, I think the the problem with uh, Golos is mainly good because of Field of the Dead. Like, it's a powerful card, but I don't think it's anything that's any more ridiculous than anything else going on in standard. It's the existence of Field of the Dead and the fact that Golos chews it is the problem. I think they're both an issue. I, I, I honestly do. I think I've, I've played enough games now where I've like unmoored egoed Field of the Dead on turn three on the play, and then you know I've had I've had reasonable hands and reasonable draws, and I've just lost. So like still like a turn five goalless activation mm-hmm. where like they go and get a get two beanstalk giants and a kenrith yeah sure i don't know i think uh, <laughs> i think it's probably best that we both have diverging opinions on this because normally when we both sort of like focus in on one hot take <laughs> if it's wrong we both look stupid <laughs> so if, so if you pick one side and i pick another one of us is gonna look stupid and one of us is gonna look really smart <laughs> sure so we, we're both gonna say field of the gets banned right yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we'll lock that in. I don't know. I, I feel like it's really difficult to to test in any kind of meaningful way, like how the deck how the deck plays without Field of the Dead, and then also how like the same deck plays without Golos, because it would just be it would be a different deck. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we'll see. It might get banned, and then like similar to like uh, Hogak and Modern. Yeah, I think my my biggest concern is like like obviously one card in the deck goes. I think most at this point, most likely, I think it's Field of the Dead that goes because there's just there's no way to interact with it. There are ways to interact with Golos. I I think Golos is a problem, but there are ways that plenty of decks can interact with it. Right. So I think Field of the Dead gets banned. Yeah. Then I do think Golos is still very playable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But then I think the the other big elephant in the room, I guess, is that. Uh, Oko, Thief of Crowns. Right, before we get to Oko, yeah. we're going to lock in the take. I know we're very much both closer to the middle and probably fairly agree with each other, but for the sake of podcast drama, sure. Right, we both say Field of the Dead gets banned, lock that in. Yeah. Easy. Right, I'm like, I will say Golas is fine and will be a standard player, but not that good. Well, not not that good, but like not ban worthy. Right? And then sure. you can say that Golas is busted and should also be banned because it's a problem. Strong agree. Yeah. There we go. Right. Okay. That's. <laughs> we'll lock in. We'll lock in those takes, and then one of us will look really smart, and then one of us will look really silly. And that's like, honestly, I think like my take at the moment is like, Banfield of the Dead, Ban Golas, Ban Oko, and Ban Teferi. I mean, maybe we just ban 2019 from Magic. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer amount of. I don't know, power creep, mistakes, ban-worthy cards, just like formats ruined for a short amount of time or a long period of time is just so high this year. Yeah. It's like a huge list of cards that are just like, this is too good. And some of them are like not quite ban-worthy good, but they're still like really, really good and really oppressive in the formats they're legal in. And it just feels like an entire year of like slightly too powerful cards and just like a couple mistakes. And it will have to see how the, the, oh my God, the train. Oh. See, when I moved into this house, I didn't yeah. think I'd be recording a podcast. So, <laughs> so the fact that I live next to a train line wasn't important, <laughs> and now I'm massively regretting it. Can I can I sell my flat based on the fact that <laughs> the train <laughs> keeps interrupting my podcast? Is that is that, is that a reasonable thing to do? <laughs> I don't think my partner would be okay with that. 
<laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about Oko because obviously it was like very good week one or like week zero or week yeah. minus one, whichever week it was. But we'll have to see how the food deck gets on if, well, assuming Field of it then gets banned and then the Goalist decks are less prevalent. We'll have to see if it like takes over the format, whether like there are answers or it, it's not as good. Um, Teferi, I'm inclined to agree with, just because, and like it's a like a kind of a it's a crappy argument to make, but it's just no fun. And I know we had this conversation about Planeswalkers a couple of weeks ago, and like I did, I didn't like the the fact that I was saying like oh it's not fun and we should we should yeah not have Planeswalkers because they're not fun, but like Teferi is so aggressively unfun, <laughs> like it just it's it creates such boring play patterns and it's so your your ability to interact and like do things at uh, instant speed and be able to like play magic because one of the great things about yeah, magic definitely. is interrupts right like in instance that's one of one of the cool things that's what like makes it much better than hearthstone for example because <laughs> I, I think there's a lot there's there a lot is. to discuss on that front <laughs> without going in at all let's you know revolution hong kong free hong kong revolution is now there we go god, god bless <laughs> absolutely yeah that whole thing is a goddamn mess um i'm assuming that everyone listening is aware of that and <laughs> well i mean it's it's Jesus. what like the first thing to unite uh, both political aisles of, of the Western world for the past <laughs> past twenty odd years, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, damn it! Yep. Oh, that whole thing has been a mess. Um, but yeah, I think this is the. <laughs> uh, we should. This is this is great podcasting. We should. Um, yeah, this is the thing. So magic is great because it, it involves like thinking and timing and the like, yeah absolutely to, yeah like the stack right the stack's one of the best things about magic and like one of the reasons it's so good and so fun and you can learn so much and like you get better once you understand the stack and when to do things and like how to cast things into fair it's just like no you can't do that also i'm gonna bounce one of your threats so here's a tempo yeah. advantage for me and draw a card and then also i can cast this this board wipe in your end step yeah like no you you can't use the stack but I'm going to cast a thought erasure in your upkeep. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh god. Like, and like I said, like I don't like using that. Like, I don't be like, oh, it's no fun. Planeswalkers are no fun. Teferi's no fun. But it is just unfun. So I, I agree to some extent, definitely. Uh, but I, I think, I think as it currently stands, like Teferi isn't even that good. Like the way the standard format currently is. So my, I think when I say ban Teferi there, like I think if. So if Golos and Field of Dead go, then Oko is going to be a massive problem. I think Oko is almost banworthy as he, as he stands currently. But I think if Oko goes, Teferi has to go with it. It's it's it can't be one or the other. It has to be both. I think it's like the Deathrite Shaman Gataxian Probe thing in Legacy. Like you get rid of one, you have to preemptively get rid of the other. Because if if you think Teferi is miserable now, like in a world where there is no Field of the Dead, Golas, or Oko, Deferi's going to be just horrible. Just get them all out of there. Yeah. Every rare and mythic printed in the last like ten months, just get them out of there. <laughs> Every format just has some uncommons as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One specific uncommon by the name of Narset Part Reveals. Yeah. Just get it. Yeah. Just get them out of there. No, <laughs> no one, no one's having a good time. Everyone's moaning. Just, <laughs> just ban 2019 from Magic. I swear to God. 
Speaking of which, this is I'd I'd like to I'd like to see them slip so like a, just a little a little thing in the the banner restriction announcement. So we're assuming that the banner restriction announcement they've moved up to the twenty first of October is going to be specifically standard. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's probably some argument for, if not a banning, some sort of commentary on on modern. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're seeing some evolutions in the Urza deck and. While I don't know how popular it is, it could very well be KCI 2.0. So I don't know if it's anything there is ban worthy yet, but it would be nice to see them, you know, at least type up a paragraph saying, "Oh, hey, we're keeping an eye on modern. We've noticed this deck or this card become a problem problematic. We're watching." Um, I don't think they'll touch anything in Legacy. I think Legacy is fine. I think people have various differing opinions about. Uh, Renin Six. Renin Six is fine now, I think. Yeah, over, overall, I, I think the format's fine. I think the format's in pretty good health. Uh, we know they're not touching vintage. They specifically said that they won't ban anything in vintage because um, the, the uh, BNR announcement's been moved to like five days before uh, Eternal Weekend, North America. Uh, and Pauper, uh, I, they really just need to ban Astrolabe, but I don't think they will. No, they don't need to ban Astrolabe. Right, I'll touch on that in a second. Yes, modern sure. get Urza out of there seriously. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a problem. There are like four different Urza decks that are all tier one, and Urza is the problem card. Like you can have some sweet artifact de- artifact deck with War of Invention and like the cool Jeskai Ascendancy uh, Emery deck. Yeah. You don't need Urza in there, just causing these huge problems. <laughs> We're just like playing some kind of stupid combo deck, and then your combo deck's kind of fragile and inconsistent. So you just slam four Urza in there, and everything is just busted. Just get yeah. get Urza out of there. It's too good. And also ban Teferi for modern because I'm sick of playing it. So that's why I was just for me. <laughs> that's just me being an entitled magic player. Just get him out of there. I'm I'm annoyed. So Pauper. Astrolabe Astrolabe isn't the problem, I don't think. And I'm like I'm not, you know, super into Pauper, but I have like a lot of friends who are, who are really into Pauper. And Ast- Astrolabe isn't the problem. Uh the problem is Ephemerate. Because Ephem- yeah. Ephemerate is bonkers and possibly just ghostly flicker. Because the, the problem is, like, so all, the best decks in the best decks in Pauper are, are Astrolabe decks. Yeah, yeah. But all the Astrolabe decks, like, well, the, the the best Astrolabe decks are all just Ephemerate decks as well. Because Ephemerate is just such a stupid card, like, in conjunction with, um, uh, like, Moldrifter and Dimrover Horror and, like, yeah, any of the yeah. Jeskai deck. And, like, just all, all that stuff. Like, Ephemerate is just so stupid. Yeah, agreed, definitely. Um, I don't know. I, I still feel like. Like, it, like so, Pope is not a format that I have played for quite a while now, but uh, I do sort of tend to try to stay up to date with it, and I do definitely think Ephemerate is at this point more problematic than Astrolabe, but I do think Astrolabe probably just needs to go as well. No, Astrolabe's great. It's just like it's it just adds like consistency of mana to the format. I think that's a fine thing to have in the format. Like. Sure, like, it's just a ubiquitous card. Like, like most decks should probably just play four, including, like, a mono green Stompy. But it, it just adds, like, a little something that I think Pauper needs. It's the same. It, it functions similarly to, like, Fetchlands in Modern and Legacy, right? It's just, like, it's just a facet of the format. It's annoying that you have to play them, and it just eats up some land slots or whatever. Like, this eats, like, Astrolabe eats up some card slots, but I think that's totally fine. Like, honestly, I don't think it's a busted card. Like, it's busted when you have, like, uh, core Skyfisher and stuff, like, bouncing it every turn, and, like, yeah. <sighs> all sorts of stuff like that. Um... Can you tell I'm not exactly clear on what Pauper Deckness is like, look like right now? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, all these cards, like 
example A and example B. <laughs> there are no other cards I can possibly think of. Yeah, I like Astrobe's fine. I think it's just it's, it's it's in addition to the format that it's 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 not great that it's just a four of in every deck. Like that's yeah. that sucks, but it's a good card and it's not it's it's not inherently busted. It's all the other stuff. It's just ephemerate. Ephemerate's such a stupid card. So we've hit every format. <laughs> sure, that was good. Let's like squeeze every single format <laughs> into into that that little space of time. Cool. Have you got anything else you want to say on potential bans or, or formats or anything like that? Um, nothing as far as bans goes. No, I, I think, I think like I don't know. Field of the Dead is probably going to be the card that goes. If it were down to me, I would probably just ban Field of the Dead, Golas, Teferi, and Oko. And if it were down to me, I'd ban this entire year of Magic sets from every format. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So we want to move on to our next topic. Yeah. Right. So this might be slightly heavy listening. Sure. I'm I'm assuming. So we'd like to talk about mental health in Magic. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's something I alluded to um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's something that's been playing on my mind a bit. And I think I'd like to just like kind of flesh out my feelings on it, have a bit of a story time, I guess. Yeah. And just have a discussion about it because I think it's it's an important topic. Um, if that's not something that you want to listen to, that's totally fine. From this... Okay, I'll, I'll see you soon. <laughs> you have to be here, man. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you don't want to listen to it, we don't have to do it. It's fine. Oh, I no, I I fully do want to listen to it. I just <laughs> we're just making a cheap joke while there was an opportunity. Yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> making, yeah. making really bad jokes. Um, but yeah, honestly, if, if it's something you don't want to listen to from the next musical transition, then we'll be talking about mental health stuff, possibly upsetting topics. I'm not really sure what's going to go, but if that's not something you want to listen to, then feel free to close out the podcast now and I guess we'll see you next week so with that said (laughs) mental health is important right agreed 100% yeah yeah and I was talking about like a couple of weeks ago like how magic had negatively impacted my mental health and made me feel bad and had induced a panic attack yeah and that's not great because I play magic as um a source of enjoyment as a distraction as a way to get away from problems and to just focus on something that's nice that i enjoy that's fun for a few hours every week and i just get to have that time and then i can go back to the real world and everything's terrible <laughs> <laughs> and not not as terrible as it has been in the past for me specifically but like life is hard works difficult being an adult in the year 2019 is awful. <laughs> Being alive, unless <laughs> unless you're like incredibly rich, is very difficult for basically everyone. And sometimes magic can have a massive impact. Like I see it, I see it directly impact on my mental health every week, and it's really really frustrating. And just the the ways that it can. So like whether that's being in a tournament or whether that's just just being on Magic Twitter because that can be a stressful experience. Yeah, for sure. Um. So like I guess like give if I give some sort of background specifically to my um my relationship between mental health and magic. So uh, I started, started playing magic in my second year of university. Then towards the end of my second year of university, I started to have some problems with anxiety and depression, and then was trying to kind of sort those out. But then magic felt like a good outlet where I could just it was like I said it was a, it was a dis- distraction, right? Like it was yeah, it's an escapism. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I made a lot of good friends, and I could go out and hang there and play some EDH and like play modern and standard with with these with these people, and that would be my little reprieve from everything going on. And then during my third year, my mental health got a lot worse. Um, 
it got to the point where I just basically had a mental breakdown <laughs> and was just in my bed all of the time. And nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a horrible place to be, honestly. Like it, it was it was not a good time, and I nearly failed my degree, and just wasn't talking to anyone, uh, and was just sort of holed up in my bed watching old SCG videos on my laptop. Yeah, I, I've been in similar situations my, myself in my life, so it's something I, I can definitely empathise with. Yeah, and it was it was it was awful, honestly. But I think <laughs> magic dug me out of it. Honestly, because the only reason I left my house was because I wanted to go play Magic, and yeah. you know we can we can discuss how potentially problematic that is. That the only thing I ever wanted to do was play a card game, but it it gave me something to like. It gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me something to like continue to engage my brain because I think part of the problem like I I have when I when I have um well, my, my mental health is acting up I guess for want of a better term is like I, something to keep my brain engaged because I, I can like when I when I withdraw and when I feel depressed and anxious and stuff I just sort of want to zone out and just like either stare at the ceiling for literally six hours in one go or yeah. sleep forever or like just watch something mindless and I think the fact that I had magic and I, I had people there where like I didn't I didn't have any responsibilities with those people who I played magic with my responsibility was to turn up and play magic with them and get some kind of enjoyment out of it. Whereas with, with my, my housemates in, in my third year of university, I had a responsibility to like pay bills and, and clean the house and like do, do human things yeah. <laughs> that, that people have to do. And with my, with university, with, with my degree, with my, um, with, with, with my degree, I had a responsibility to do work and turn up to things and like create work. And I was working on a joint dissertation with people at the time and, yeah. and i had all of that going on and i had to do a lot of work and i just i just like i couldn't handle it like i just backed away and just like cut off ties with everyone and everything at that point except for magic because it was just something like it, it wasn't serious it wasn't like it, it magic at that point didn't actually didn't give me any anxiety or anything like that it didn't make me feel bad because it was just something fun to do and even when i lost i was like i've had a good time um so like like I, I genuinely think that, that magic has saved my life at least at one point in my life. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for that, like if I didn't have something, something like proper to engage with and like something to occupy my brain and some wonderful people to spend time with, even not in a serious capacity, and like they weren't particularly aware of anything that was going on because they were separate from from uni and everything, and we weren't particularly close. But just some very nice people I got to hang out with for for an extended period of time on on a Monday or a Wednesday or a Friday or a Sunday or whatever. Um. So I got I got that reprieve and it was it was really beneficial to me and I think I would have come out of it a lot like I came out of it very badly like I just I full on had a breakdown like um and just basically didn't want to be alive anymore but magic was that one like sort of lifeline yeah. that I had to cling on to um and it, it continued to be that to, to be that to be that way for me like whenever anything's going bad and like some sometimes the things that are going bad is just I feel unable to engage with my normal adult responsibilities yeah and i was like screw it then i'm just gonna go play magic right <laughs> or i'm gonna watch loads of magic content or i'm gonna rebuild my edh decks or whatever and like that's not a healthy coping mechanism but it's something that has, yeah definitely it's something that i have found comfort in for pretty much the last six years of my life i guess and, it, and like it's just something that's been there for me but 
there is there is that aspect of right we're like like it isn't a healthy healthy coping mechanism and i very much have an addictive personality and like as much as i can be addicted to a card game i'm very much addicted to magic yeah absolutely yeah like it it just it i want to say controls my life but it is it is the second most important thing in my in my life and like yeah second literally only to my, like my, my partner of eight years <laughs> like yeah. i guess my family right but you know what I mean? like it, it's just the most important non-human thing i have and it i'm like there's never I, there's never a day where i don't engage in magic in some way whether that's looking through my cards or like trying to sort me out or like watching magic content or actually playing magic or at least thinking about it or like you know planning something for this podcast for example like there's always magic is always like a, a th- like a constant thread in my life and I, I'm, I'm very much like addicted to it because it's it's the thing it, it like it releases serotonin in my brain obviously yeah because good like things that you enjoy that's what happens that's the reason you enjoy them and you you do that but i'm sort of like i think addicted to that feeling i feel like this thing brings me joy so i'm just going to do it all the time because my brain is not kind to me <laughs> most of the time so if i can squeeze some joy out of the day i'm gonna do it and it, like i said it makes me feel like i said i have a sense of purpose like i'm important like i'm clever because i i understand this complex game yeah and i make decisions and i build decks and i get to play and like talk to other people about it and like i get to brag about like how much i know about this game and i have this podcast where i get to brag how much i know about this game and i feel smart <laughs> like you know and like we have conversations over time like you know what like 80 percent of our conversations over messenger or whatever are about magic right yeah for sure yeah it's, it's it's just it's all consuming in my life and like that's not a healthy place to be i don't think because it does it it, it does stop me doing other things like oh, i'd rather be playing magic like i'm doing something and i'd rather be playing magic and like that's not and like i did like a few um a few months ago towards towards the start of this year like i did just withdraw myself from magic because i was like this is just too much like i'm just absorbing myself in this entirely and not doing anything else productive with my time, yeah. And it feels it feels like it's all consuming, and it, it, it like calls back to the fact that like I had, like, when I was what, 20, 20? yeah, twenty one, it was just all I did. Like if I wasn't just sleeping or moping about in my room, I was playing magic, and those were the only two things I did. And it it can feel it can feel like that, and like it, it can feel like it's just controlling your life because it's something you get enjoyment out of, it. and it's fantastic. Like. There's, there's an excellent community behind it, and there's a whole bevy of very talented and compassionate and enthusiastic content creators. And you have, like, I mean, we did have GP coverage. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice when we had GP yeah. coverage. I mean, there's always the spark split, right? Yeah, I definitely watched that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, there's, there's always stuff to watch and people to engage with and conversations to be had. And I've, I've made some very, very important friends, and, you know, I've formed meaningful relationships in my life because of it. So, like, you know, there's so much, so much excellent stuff about magic. And, like, I, I, you know, in this, like, <laughs> I suppose it's a monologue at this point, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking back at the recording sound waves and it's just my voice. Um, like, obviously, like, I'm not saying that magic is, like, magic is the best game in the world and has the best community of any game like 100 and that's what makes it so engaging it's not just this game that i do it's also everything else around it and i want to constantly be talking to people engaging with these wonderful people and watching their content and, and talking to them but it, it can become too much and like that's certainly like something i've experienced where it's just like i just want to do magic all the time and like 
constantly think about it and when i'm doing something important or i'm spending time with people i'm just on my phone talking about magic or looking at magic or whatever like that's not a good a good thing to be doing i don't think like everything in moderation right yeah i i agree definitely um it is it it's you know game addiction is something that is is definitely very real um i don't know it's i think a lot of the time it, it can be quite difficult to admit that it's something that you're you're suffering from or or even understanding just what it is because i I don't know i feel like like i definitely have similar feelings with magic like myself like it is definitely like other than you know other than my family like it's you know the, the the important thing in my life and it's something that i think about constantly 24 7 whether it whether that's like oh like am i you know what am i like doing at the weekend like am i going to draft or am i going to do def and m or or oh what's this card or you know th- this card could be cool on this deck or oh wow i haven't seen this this draft video yet i'm going to watch this or i'm going to read this article it, it's just something that it's always there always there and i just you know 24 7 it's pretty much in my mind but I don't know, it feels strange. At the same time, I feel like I don't, I, I definitely have that, but I feel like I don't necessarily have like an unhealthy relationship with it. Like I, I feel like it is, it's something that is definitely, definitely consumes a lot of my thoughts and a lot of my energy, but I don't think, at least I hope it doesn't, you know, sort of hinder, hinder the, like, you know, the actual important things in my life. Yeah, I agree. I think there was a there was a point in my life where it certainly did. Um, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I'm talking to you now, and I'm recording a podcast, which is a responsibility that I have, a thing that I enjoy doing, and I look forward to doing every week. And we get to have a conversation. I'm currently having a yeah. conversation with my friend, and I'm <laughs> still just looking around my desk at cards for a new commander deck that I'm building. So I just can't I can't switch off. It's like it's and I, like I, I think I have I, I'm like verging on an unhealthy relationship with magic like a little bit at the moment. I think. Um, because my like my mental health has been like quite doing my head in recently, yeah. <laughs> so magic is a thing that I like cling to and like think. But but it's like I like I'm currently talking about magic to a person and I'm recording it and about to put it on the internet and I still can't fully focus on it because I'm thinking about a different thing to do with magic. Like oh, it's so <laughs> it's, it just feels so frustrating. But the thing it's just like it, you you can't do it all you can't do it all the time and yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 certainly a thing that I've experienced, and probably will continue to experience. <clears throat> but like I say, the positives of magic and the things it's brought to my life, and the, the the good things it does for a lot of people, as a as a game, as a community, is just they outweigh that that potential negative aspect. I think. Yeah. So, I think I mean that's not that's the only only the only way that magic can negatively impact your mental health i think that's a way specifically that i've i've seen experience and it sounds like you've experienced as well kind of uh, possibly to a lesser extent yeah but just the playing of magic can just make you feel awful and i don't think that's something that people discuss enough or like the people are open enough about or people are willing to address it and maybe maybe they aren't aware of it happening like you know when you get salty after a game of magic yeah um and i feel myself getting salty even after games of magic i've I've won like if i haven't played properly and that can legitimately get you down like it it can really negatively impact your like how you're feeling and lower your mood and make you agitated and 
like it it i've i've seen it create symptoms in me of both anxiety and depression that i have experienced just generally through like either other external factors creating that feeling in me like any of the triggers from my anxiety like i've experienced magic creating the same feelings of anxiety and depression in me that i have external factors like that also create that yeah um and i i it's it, it's it's really hard like maybe you don't know it's happening because we've all we've all felt salty we've all experienced an opponent feeling salty we've already like well had a friend who's had a bad a, like a bad game or whatever or a bad round or maybe they're out of the tournament or whatever or they didn't play as well as they wanted to and you feel salty but like that i don't think that's as full a description as it is like you can you can feel really like it can genuinely make you feel awful and put stress on you if you're just like puts you in a bad mood and it's hard to recover from that and this is meant to be like something you enjoy and something that yeah you derive joy from and it's making you feel horrible because you didn't win or like you played poorly or your opponent got a lucky top deck and you just lost the game when you had it otherwise in the bag you know right yeah and that's not a great place to be and i think that's why recently i've just put so much of my energy into commander because the feel bads in commander are like much less prevalent because yeah, definitely. the stakes are much lower, like there's no prizes on the line. Generally you're playing commander to just have a good time and hang out with people. Um and, you know, it's hard to play commander wrong. And I've definitely seen people play commander wrong. <laughs> but like it's hard to like overanalyze your play and like what lines you took when you're playing a game of commander, because there's like probably three other people to take account of. You have so much mana and such a board presence that it's just so much. And you're just like, ah, cool, I'll do whatever. And I'm having fun and I'm conversing as well. And I'm getting to play with these cards that I've chosen that I like. And I'm, I'm playing them because I enjoy them. And that's why I've been doing that rather than like, maybe I'd like skip draft or skip an FNM. Because it's just like, I'll just play this instead. Because I'm still engaging with my, my favorite hobby and my, my, my most important interest. But yeah. I get to be doing it in a more casual, fun, sort of safer environment, I guess, for me personally. Sure. Yeah. Um... And I think there's there's other there's other parts of 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 magic that also create those negative feelings. Like <laughs> I find myself getting really stressed out about magic finance. Yeah, <laughs> like that is that is that is certainly a thing that can happen from time to time. I think. Yeah, and I feel I feel it myself all the time. Like I'm constantly worried about having missed a deal, or like there's a card that I know is going to spike, and I literally don't have enough money to buy it, and then it makes me feel bad. I'm like, oh, I've missed out on this. And like I don't have a lot of money to be working with generally. Like I don't have a lot of disposable income, and yeah. most like almost all of my disposable income goes into magic. And if there's like you know new tech in a deck, I want to be able to play. Like recently, like I need I I feel like I should own a playset of Okos for modern. Yeah, because why? Because it's really good in modern, right? Yes, it is. But. I just have this innate fit. And like, I could borrow Okos. I know people with Okos. Maybe I can just play my deck without Okos. Doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But there's always this feeling of like, oh, but what if it's like 50% more expensive next week when I can actually afford it and then I have to spend more money and then I don't have enough money. And like, it just creates this like stress in my brain where I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, our magic, like, our magic card market being like, I put it in my basket. I'm like, okay, I can afford to not put fuel in my car for the next week so I can buy this magic card. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's not like an okay place to be. Yeah, I agree, definitely. I think like, like uh, once you reach sort of that point, then it's like, okay, this this is definitely a problem now. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't know with, with stuff like that. I think you just kind of have to. 
have to learn. I, don't, I mean, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know how you get how you you get there. I think there are probably several ways to learn, um, but you you have to learn that like, like FOMO is is a thing, and it's it's always going to be a thing, and and that's fine, and you don't always need everything. Like, you know, you've spent like I don't know, like the past year, every Monday night you know talking about how how much you dislike the modern format mm-hmm. and now you're going oh no i need a place at evoco for modern yeah yeah so I, I don't know i feel like when it comes to stuff like that you you have to you have to learn to sort of rationalize these feelings and i think i think it's just sort of figuring out how best to learn that lesson in a way that works with you yeah because I, I think it's it's not easy. It really isn't easy. I mean, it's not it's not e- easy to talk about even. Like, it, I'm kind of struggling to sort of find the words myself here. But yeah, I, I think I don't know. Many people do definitely experience those feelings. Uh, I, I mean, specifically when it comes to magic finance, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how you how you learn how to like not necessarily like forget FOMO but like I don't know disregard it yeah it's hard because I've, I've certainly had I've certainly had it myself in the past as well like I know I know it's like especially like when it comes to like old school stuff in the past like once the reserve list, I think I think that's what killed it for me I think like once the reserve list buyout started and like some of the old like the old like the beta cards started getting ridiculous the point where like I know there's no way that I can physically afford it and you see the first sort of couple like, oh that 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 would have been a, a good card, or oh, I'd like I would have liked that, or I would have liked that. Once they sort of go, then I think you kind of can get over that FOMO a little bit easier. But I think it's a bit more difficult if like the cards you're looking at are like, you know, twenty pound modern staples. Yeah, this is supposed to like. You know, oh, this card is like two hundred pounds or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I think there's like I'm. I don't know, I feel like I'm very much talking about myself here, and hopefully it doesn't sound too self-indulgent and so self-indulgent, and hopefully it resonates with some people listening or like is at least interesting <laughs> to hear about. But I think like I I have certain traits, and I think some of them are informed by my mental health, and some of them are just my personality in general, and like how how I'm how I'm built, how I'm wired. Um. But, like, magic is very much a way to indulge those behaviours. And, yeah. like, I've never been... Because before magic, I was never... I never cared about buying anything. Like, I don't care... Like, yeah. the nice things I own, like, are my computer and my magic cards, right? Like, my clothes are fine. Like, I sort of, like, pick cheap clothes and, like, that look nice and I that's fine. But, like, I've, I never had an outlet for like anything like reckless spending or like I, yeah, I, sure. I never had an outlet for oh i need that i want that in the same way that other people did so when people were, were like were that way about clothes or like um like makeup or cars or anything like that where they needed it they felt like they needed it i never had an outlet for that i never i never cared but now that i have magic because magic is all so all consuming in my life like i i've sort of <laughs> unlocked that really frustrating part of my brain and yeah. applied it to magic and like you said like the FOMO like that's that's what it is and it, it's just it's parts of my personality I didn't know I had <laughs> until I started yeah, playing magic yeah sure. it's something that you, you just need to figure out how to 
how to learn to unlearn it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just it, it, none of it matters. It's so it's so unimportant, yeah. and it but it feels like the most important thing in the world. And I think that's that's true of like a lot of parts of magic. It's like people want to feel smart. They want to feel like they know things. And I certainly I certainly feel that with this podcast, where like we like I I'll sort of go off for a few minutes about a certain take, and then. I'll put the podcast out there and then I'll see loads of professional players on Twitter talking like the exact opposite of what I've just said. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, that's frustrating. Like, I feel really stupid. And like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I've put it out there and if it's completely wrong, then I look like a bit of a fool. It doesn't matter. And like, you know, oh, I wish I had this magic card. Oh, I can't afford it. It doesn't matter. Like, I can borrow the cards if I need to play them for a tournament. I like, I'm very. Like, it's just. I think magic is a way to indulge behaviors and like parts of my personality that I don't have an outlet for everywhere else. And some of them, some of them are good. Like, and some of them are very bad. And I think it's like you said, like it's, it's it's like unlearning those behaviors and those feelings because they feel like the most important thing in the world. Right. Like when I'm in that moment where I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to do well in this tournament or I need to get like acquire this magic card or I need to, you know, have a take on this hot button issue. It feels in that moment like the most important thing in the world. Yeah, it, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it does. Like things that are important to certain people. Like, you know, I'm not to say that feelings aren't important. Feelings are very much important, and they're like they're the, one of the most important things that happen to human beings. But like those specific circumstances, like don't matter as much as the anxiety you're giving yourself, or like the, the bad time you're putting yourself through, or the bad time your brain is putting yourself through, and the stress it creates on your body, or like whatever. And like this is true for like when you're feeling salty, like it's a way to indulge potentially destructive and negative behaviors because they make you feel better. Because when you have a yeah. bad time playing magic, you're like, oh, it's crap, I've had a terrible time, this is rubbish, and like I shouldn't have lost that, and like whatever. Like it gives you an, a, a, an excuse to just act like a bit of an asshole. And it's understandable, like people, you know, like I said, feelings are important, and they like that you need to express them but like it gives you a an outlet to feel awful and act like a bit of a dick yeah and I, I, that's that's not i i think it's something that needs to be addressed more and like it's something that i'm trying to address in myself and like not put so much importance on magic and not not put so much yeah, of my, sure. my energy and myself into it because ultimately it's something i try to do for fun so like the, the the importance I assign to it, sh- like it shouldn't be, it just shouldn't be that important. It shouldn't it shouldn't affect me so so much, but it, it absolutely does. Um, but I mean, I think I I have the healthiest relationship with magic currently that I've ever have. I think, yeah, which is nice. And that's yeah, it's definitely good. Yeah, and it's it's certainly like it it just it just helped me. Um, and like it's just been it's made being alive a lot easier <laughs> which is nice right yeah definitely yeah so um so yeah, i apologize about if, if that segment was sort of like a bit self-indulgent and a bit sort of monologue rather than like an actual discussion or anything but it's just something I, I wanted to i wanted to talk about and hopefully it resonated with some people um and you know people you're you're, you're not alone if you feel awful because yeah fully agreed uh, it's really easy to feel awful if you're alive in 2019 because the the god the world's awful <laughs> it's so it's so bad especially when you try and do something especially when you try and do something to 
forget about all of the awful things happening in the world and then something yeah. awful happens in your little thing that you do and it just feels like everything's falling apart um yeah I, for that, thanks for letting me yeah i think the the key sort of takeaway here is that like you know like yeah gaming addiction is is real addiction and magic is, is definitely real and it's something that a lot of people will go through throughout their their experiences with the game and i don't think anybody should ever ever feel alone in it i don't think anybody should ever feel ashamed in it and i think the that it like i said it, it is something that's definitely real and yeah if if you are finding yourself you know sort of questioning about your relationship with magic or or you're noticing that you're, you're putting other things sort of to one side in in order to go and do you know magic things instead then I think it's totally fine to sort of question your relationship with magic and take a step back if you need to, or, or just just talk to somebody about it because I'm sure there there will be others that you know that you know that feel the same way that you do. Yeah, absolutely, and I hopefully maybe this will this will be like that for someone, <laughs> like hearing about someone else that's like has experienced poor mental health and it's like in the context of magic. Like, I think important thing is like be kind to yourself, understand. Yeah. Like, know, try and identify what's causing you. Currently, this train is causing me anxiety because <laughs> every time I try and make a point, <laughs> um, yeah, try try and identify the thing that maybe is, is make, causing you to feel that way. Like if you feel able to reach out to someone and, and talk to someone about it, try and do that. Or just if you need to, if you need to, like you said, pull pull yourself away from magic and not play it for a while, and just do other things. Like it'll still be here when when you get back. Like yeah. Things will have changed slightly. Maybe Field of the Dead would be banned. But if you need to like do something else, just you can always come back. And like you shouldn't feel ashamed from having to remove yourself from magic. And I think that was a lot of the thing with me was like I feel ashamed for having to remove myself from this, you know, children's card game. Like I, I feel like silly for having to remove myself from that because it shouldn't cause me this much stress. But it absolutely does. And like a lot of things in life do, and it can always that's that's the problem with mental health problems. And and like. I think one of the things with with depression is what I've experienced specifically is like your brain will make you feel like you're overreacting and yeah. will make you feel like it's like you shouldn't be feeling like this but I'm like but you're feeling like this so everything feels like it's falling apart like anything can cause this and like don't feel that you can't like that your feelings aren't valid and you don't like that you that you're any less of a person for feeling that way even if it's been caused by magic if it's been caused by any part of your life like like I said being an adult being alive is goddamn hard and if you need time to reset and recharge then that's absolutely fine yeah agreed cool that felt like a positive note from a very depressing segment <laughs> i hope so i really hope so yeah thank you thank you for letting me just go off on one anytime it's fine anytime. i can just edit all this out if i listen back to it and think it's awful so <laughs> just have a half an hour podcast yeah Cool, so yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, we are at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast, or we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash devastation. If you've enjoyed any of the content you've seen or heard from us, uh, you can get at us on there and give back. Um, tears start from as little as $1 per month, that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. You can also now find the podcast on YouTube. Yes, yes you can. Where can they find us on YouTube? Hour of Devastation. <laughs> Just search yeah. Power of Devastation <laughs> podcast, and we should come up. We've also we'll also <laughs> link to it on Twitter and Facebook. Um, 
But I don't yeah. know, maybe we'll get some views there and I can put like 30 mid-roll ads in and we'll make crap loads of money. <laughs> we're not, awesome. we're not, we're not, we're not. <laughs> like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> no, do, 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 right, okay. So we're not going to do the mid-roll ads, mid-roll ads, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just it's a funny joke. But please do subscribe and uh, apply an unnecessary amount of force to the like button. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to catch me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm PeachGardenOaf. That's over for now. Uh, facebook.com i'm joe loudon and on twitch i'm twitch.tv slash peach garden oath again that's oath of an f uh, you can find me streaming every tuesday night from 8 p.m and then most saturday evenings i'm streaming as well now that is 8 p.m bst time or gmt time or whatever whatever time we're going into england time england time yeah <laughs> brexit time <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that like a really really terrible version of chico time <laughs> it's just the, it's like the worst version of Chico Time imaginable. It's I just think. the it's just the music video for Chico Time, but instead it's Brexit Time and it's just Boris Johnson doing all the dancing that Chico does in that video. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's in my mind now. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they find you on the internet, Sam? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sneal69. Nice. Oh my god. That's, uh, I've upset myself now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please end the podcast. (laughs) Awesome. So that's all we have time for this week. Uh, Once again, we're approaching the second hour. Godfarer has returned. So we'll see you again next week. Our devastation. Devastation.